Chapter 6, Time for Visitors Living with Adrian for the last few days we're synonymous with living in the Garden of Eden. Only if Adam was unwittingly both the serpent and the forbidden fruit. Or maybe he wasn't Adam, her internship was. That still left Adrian as the tempted and the object of temptation. If Olya ever heard that comparison she'd say he's just like the consultant on her favourite crime drama that was due for a next season. Ever since that first night, he let his inner chat noir free. Or more likely, he was how he was when they were alone but less restrained and a bit more public. He would constantly tease her to the point that she almost had a permanent rouge on her face. And if the teasing didn't do it, then the wave of compliments he set on her. Every little thing she did was met with the highest praise. Even when she wasn't too sure if she deserved it. Like when she baked cookies and he moaned at the taste. He said he couldn't tell the difference between hers and her father's. To her, she could never be as good as her father. When he praised her efforts while she practiced Mandarin with him. Even with his amnesia, he was able to continue with his lesson plan due to his extremely meticulous notes. They had only recently started a few months ago and she was excelling quickly, but she would not need the lessons if she had accepted more of her mother's lessons earlier. Don't misunderstand, Marinette. She's no longer the deeply insecure girl she once was before the miraculous, however, there was something in the way he earnestly laved the attention upon her that had her feeling tingly all over yet slightly undeserving of it. So she, begrudgingly, accepted it. But there were some sweet moments. Like when she fell asleep on his bed last night and he carried her to her room. She scolded him for putting such unnecessary strain on his recovering body, but it deeply touched her. And maybe, it was for the best. Mr. Agrest may have some different ideas of what might have happened when he came to check on Adrian in the morning. Also, Adrian liked to either sleep completely naked or just in his pyjama pants with nothing underneath. She felt her face heat and had to stifle a groan as her thoughts started to descend into the gutter. Marinette, are you okay? Olya's voice reeled her out of the murky depths of her mind. While she loved spending time with Adrian, she really was happy that her friends were there. A nice distraction for her unknowing tempter. I'm just glad you guys are here. Olya and Nino had arrived around eight o'clock in the morning. Adrian and herself were now about to have breakfast when they burst into the mansion. It took a little convincing for Natalie to agree for them to move breakfast to Adrian's room. Everything was set up on the upper level of Adrian's room, on the floor next to his gigantic shelves filled with books and mostly manga and comics. That was two hours ago. Sick of me already, princess. He echoed her sentiment from a few nights ago. He wrapped his muscular arm around her small waist bringing her closer to him on the ground. He then took that same arm and draped across her shoulders. You wish. She said, rolling her eyes. Even though your teasing has been out of hand. It is simply retaliation. Retaliation for what, dude? Nino asked, egging Adrian on. She has had me trapped in bed these past few days at her whim he sighed dramatically. Looks like Nurse Marinette is very hands-on with her patient, Olya said wagging her eyebrows. She began struggling within Adrian's hold to create space between them. 
he wouldn't budge. She could tell the rouge had spread from her cheeks down to her neck. She felt as though Adrian knew how it would sound saying that she had him trapped in bed. It was so full of innuendo it was hard to believe that he wasn't teasing her again. She knew for a fact that Olya was teasing her and she couldn't get the image out of her head. It's only because you kept tiring yourself out even more when moved from your bed. She squeaked. I meant rest, cause you know he was injured and I'm playing nurse. Not playing nurse of course. I'm just taking care of all his needs but not in that way. I'm Dash. She was silenced with a soft kiss to the temple. She's just being a very good friend. At those four words, all the blood that rushed to her face fled the scene. She deflated. Yeah, a good, friend. It was quite a harsh reminder. Olya looked concerned. Why don't you show me your room? It was the escape she needed. She slid out of Adrian's hold and stood up. She plastered a bright smile to her face and made her way to the stairs. I bet you two have a lot to talk about. Olya and I'll just head over to my room. Adrian had a confused look on his face and looked as though he was prepared to ask her about her sullen temperament. However, Olya took that moment to get up, grab Marinette's hand and usher her down the stairs. She missed the grip Nino took on Adrian's wrist. Yeah, bro, let's talk. That's all she heard as they walked out of the room. She blankly led her best friend to her room. And flopped onto her giant pink bed. Olya stared in awe at her room. It was big and spacious, with mannequin busts and rolls of fabric. There was a big workstation with a computer and a tablet where she could design clothes. A walk-in closet that made her clothes look sparse and a personal bathroom. There was a video game center with all her favorite games. It even had an aerial silk rig in her room. Whoa, girl. Looks like Gabriel has been planning for you to be here for some time. How did he even know you've been doing aerial silks? I believe that some of these touches have to do with Adrian, but I can't ask. He doesn't remember having anything to do with this. Olya took a seat next to her and pulled Marinette's head into her lap. She took one ponytail into her hand and started to braid some of the strands. Tell me what's going on with you and Emmy. Sunshine. There's nothing going on Oles, you know that. Are you sure, have you not been experiencing what I was seeing or do I have to get a new pair of glasses? Oh yeah. He was all over you this morning. You're exaggerating. Oh really? He kept finding some reason to touch you the whole time we were talking. He wasn't. That's just how we are together, you know that Oles. Even if it looks like he's expressing interest we know he's not. Murray, he would go through hell and back for you. You know it's true. Why is it so hard to believe that he might have an interest in you? Because I'm his friend. His good friend, and that's all I'll ever be to him. Her words were met with silence. It was a heavy truth Marinette carried with her. Their affectionate, intimate relationship would never be anything more than platonic. The moment Adrian kissed and said it was platonic her fate was sealed. 
She hadn't realized that his vow to get her to relax around him would never evolve into what she wanted. Like having your Eve become an espion when you were hoping for an Umbrian. Both are great, but it's not what you originally wanted. And anyway Olya, he just left a loving relationship. Even if he can't remember it, it would be wrong to start anything with him in this state. Olya scoffed and took out her phone. She fiddled with it for a few seconds before showing it to Marinette. It was a video from about two months ago of Olya and Nino at the Bourgeois Hotel Fairytale Ball. They were trying to dance and we're failing hilariously. What do you see? You and your boyfriend looking adorable. She zoomed into the corner of the video Marinette squinted trying to understand what she was seeing. It was a couple wrapped tightly around each other. One with long red hair the other with short black. There was only one person she knew with that red hair, Nathaniel. So by default, the other would be his boyfriend Mark. Then in the video, they pulled away and Marinette realized she was wrong. It was Kagami. She opened her mouth to utter her confusion when there was the slam of her door being flung open. Dudes come quick. Something's wrong with Adrian. Chapter 7. A Day with Adrian Agrest. Adrian's memory was returning. Whatever Nino and he discussed that day was a trigger for his mind to start confessing its five months of secrets to its owner. However, it didn't simply come back to him like an old friend. It slapped him over the head with a mallet like a jilted lover. The migraines were short-lived at most times and few and far between, but they always left him panting and looking for cuddles and comfort kisses from Marinette. The first thing he remembered was Kagami. While Marinette was comforting him after everyone had left, he divulged what he remembered. It wasn't much, it was mostly the little they spent alone talking. Nothing too substantial. That was four days ago. Adrian was allowed to return to his usual routine three days ago. His bruises were healed but were still tender in some places making the cuddling he so coveted hard sometimes. He was more than glad to return to normalcy, but he couldn't be left alone. This meant that Marinette accompanied him whenever he left the manor. His fans may have been confused seeing them glued to the hip if they hadn't already known that Marinette was his good friend. So Marinette woke up early that Wednesday with the knowledge that Adrian had a photo shoot that day. She also had work with Mr. Arrested in the evening as she did every evening since two two days ago. She meditated while doing yoga on what she had to go through for the day. After half an hour of the more complex poses, she headed to her personal shower to prepare for the day. She dressed quickly and was making her way out to breakfast. She took her bag to stuff cookies or anything sweet in it for her sleeping Kwame. Ever since she moved in Tiki was spending copious amounts of time with her counterpart. She was out her door for only a millisecond when she realized she forgot her phone. She re-entered the room, grabbed her phone on her work table and passed her aerial setup. She paused at it to finger the silk. She started the hobby when she had just turned 15. Olya was the one who had taken an interest in it originally. She had seen someone do it in a video and wanted to try it. She found a studio and naturally she had to bring Marinette. She said she wanted a partner to flounder around with her. They 
attended their first class and ended it very differently. Olia flailed about, fell on her butt several times and somehow tangled herself in the fabric. The usually clumsy marinette took to it gracefully, like she had spent time at a circus learning the art of aerial photography. Olia uncharacteristically gave up after the first class and she would have dropped it too had it not been for Adrian. Classes were costly across the board and she hadn't wanted to burden her parents. She remembered explaining this to her friends when they asked if she was going to continue. Then that night Chet appeared at her balcony to talk as they usually did and offered to take over her expenses. She refused and he insisted, saying if it was something that made her happy and feel confident he wouldn't mind spending his surplus of cash on her. He said that if money was an issue, to consider it an early payment for all the pastries he ate and would continue to eat each time he visited. In hindsight, she should have realized that it was Adrian. He wasn't too happy that she was giving up something that made her feel confident. Are you ready for breakfast, princess? His bright voice called from the doorway, snapping her out from her reminiscence. Good morning Adrian, she said perkily. She turned around and saw him quickly close the distance between them. His tall form towered over her. His big hands gripped the silk as an anchor and leaned down to kiss her on the forehead, just the way she liked it. He returned the greeting before tugging on the fabric. I always wanted to try this. Mind giving me a private demonstration? Her mind could not help but dive into the proverbial gutter when he asked his question. It held a hint of salaciousness that had to be purposeful. It didn't help that the t-shirt he had chosen gripped and stretched taut against his muscles. He forewent the cardigan and scarf and settled for a long-sleeved black t-shirt with white and orange stripes across his muscled chest. Sure I'll do you I mean you'll do me I. The cool feel of his lips slightly brought down the temperature of her cheeks. She could feel the small curve of his lips against her skin. He pulled back and said nothing, seeming content to just memoize whatever expression she wore on her face. Maybe some other time Dash he winked and her breath hitched in her throat let's go. What about breakfast? She called following behind him. We'll have brunch after. After? Your photo shoot isn't until ten. He opened the limousine door for her. Gorillas are already in the car waiting for them. He crossed the car and entered on the other side. He had a sheepish look on his face as the car pulled away from the manor. Adrian, it's only eight. Where are we going? I have to wait for brunch. I brought snacks and my portable Nintendo with Ultimate Mecha Strike 6. She knew what it was, a bribe. Wherever they were going he knew she wouldn't like it. The ride came to a stop in front of a white building she instantly recognized. She turned her fiery glare to the blonde but he had already escaped the secrecy of the vehicle to the public setting of the sidewalk to open the door for her and help her out. I need a haircut. She groaned at the implication and grabbed her bribe. You'll pay for this aggressed she huffed yet still accepted his help out the car. Forty minutes later she had finished most of her snacks and was lounging on a couch. The salon was empty so she was in the waiting room alone. She would have followed him further inside but he insisted that she waited there. She heard footsteps, and knowing that it was Adrian said, took you long enough. 
I'm almost through act I in story mode. Only? You're losing your touch she finally looked over the console at him. Her mouth dropped and her fingers went lax around the game. She heard the word woe tumble from her lips. Gone were the long golden locks that became synonymous with Tatine models. His hair was shorn on all sides and left to its original length on top. He looked sexy and mature. It really accentuated the fact that he's 19 and no longer a little boy. He leaned over her on the couch and with his index finger pushed her jaw shut. You'll catch bees. Isn't the phrase, you'll catch flies. She finally found her voice. Yes, but bees are attracted are only the sweetest things and we wouldn't them to be further tempted. She squeaked and he laughed. Hauling her to brunch. She filled up on pancakes and buttery croissants. She stayed clear of the yarrow tea and settled for orange juice. Adrian laughed at her choice and followed suit. She was allergic to it, kind of. It was more like a side effect of her powers. Yarrow made her sleepy and disoriented and brought her inhibition severely low as well as, something else. Adrian knew this from first-hand experience when he brought some of his father's favourite tea within their first year of friendship. Then after brunch was the photoshoot at the pool. The photographer was surprised to see his new look. He was inspired by the new mature-looking Adrian and took longer than usual. That would have been fine if he were wearing more clothes. Instead, she was faced with his six-pack and tightly packed sinewy muscle and AV leading to his trunks. Several times she caught herself tracing the droplets gliding down his body after he came out of the pool. And maybe it was her hopeful imagination, but she swore he knew. He had to. Why else would he keep his smouldering gaze on her? No matter what pose he did, his intense stare was on her. There was a moment where he licked his lips slowly while his eyes seemed to appraise her. She squeaked and duffed for a cold bottle of water to calm herself. She was convinced he knew what he was doing because he laughed after. Mr. Agrest, I must say I am in love with this new look. Messi, I just thought it was time to try something new, he replied, sliding his emerald eyes to her in a meaningful way as he toweled his hair. Was he trying to say something? I am so in love with it that I think we should reshoot last week's. Should I call your photography partner? He gasped loudly and his eyes blew open with pain. In slow motion, she saw him start to fall to the ground. Her quick reflexes had her by his side to hold him up. His arm around her shoulders, her arms around his waist. We have to go, um he gets bad migraines randomly since the attack. Yeah. He'll call you when he's better. She shuffled them both to the limousine as fast as possible. His breath came in pants in her ear and was punctuated with pain groans. Luckily, Gorilla already had the door open and the car started. She managed to set him and then crawl in behind. He gripped her tightly all the way to the manor. She then helped him to bed and came up beside him to embrace him how he enjoyed it. It's okay Adrian. It's only memories. They're in the past, you've already lived it. She cooed in her softest voice running her hand through his soft hair. Her words seemed to do just the trick. 
His body relaxed in her arms and he pulled her closer as if to mold her softness to the hard planes of his body. His lips found purchase on the closest bit of skin he could find. Her neck. He kissed her up and down the column of her neck. Each soft and fleeting like the flutter of butterfly wings upon her skin. He worshipped the skin there like the words that came through it was his saviour from memory. Every brush of his lips was a nonverbal thank you. His fingers were creating searing abstract lines across her back that assisted in sending heat downwards. Ms. Dupain Cheng. Mr. Agrest will be ready for you in 15 minutes. Natalie's voice came through Adrian's door. Adrian groaned and released her. He pouted up at her. He made a half-hearted attempt to pull her back. Come back to bed. She swatted at his hands and tried to ignore the double meaning behind his words. I'll be back soon. Chapter 8 A Night with Chap Noir Soon it became several hours later. It was night when Mr. Agrest finally released her to her room. The sun had set not too long ago and from the last time she checked, it was after ten. She walked to Adrian's room to see if he was still up and if not, give him his goodnight kiss. He had a way of knowing when he didn't get it and became a pouty mess in the morning, surprising her with more of his brand of platonic affection than he normally did. Although she would admit that there were some moments where she purposefully did not do it. Jiggling the door's handle, she found it to be locked. She knocked on it a few times awaiting an answer she knew she might not receive. She looked around the empty hallway before peeking into her purse. Tiki, can you sense Plague in there? She hoped that she could. It was Chat's night for patrol after all. Knowing the stubborn cat, now that he has a clean enough bill of health he would quickly copy and return to his secret life. Nope. Of course. Messy Tiki. You can head into the room for now. I'm going to make some tea first and join you. She found herself in the kitchen after her Kwame flew off. The first thing she did was set the water to boil and get her cup. She was planning on staying up a bit and put into practice some of what her mentor had shown her earlier that day before she went to the company with him tomorrow. A nice cup of strong tea would do the trick better than coffee in keeping her awake. Now for a tea bag. She was digging through the pantry to find a possible one for her use. The problem was that there were so many to choose from that she wasn't sure which to get. Then to the back, she spied her favourite tea and moved to grab it. But she stopped upon hearing and feeling something crushed underfoot. She quickly pulled back and found two rather large tea bags on the floor. I've already crushed it. Guess I'll have to take it. She didn't know what tea it was. The label was a word in Mandarin she had yet to know. She just prayed it wasn't a sleepy time for tea. She couldn't even tell what it was by looking at it. The contents being so dry the little weight she placed on it thoroughly crushed it. She walked back to the counter and poured the boiling hot water then placed the tea bag to steep in the cup. It wasn't really a cup, it was a black portable mug with the words My Princesses in green on it. It was a gift from Chet a few years back. A symbol that she would always have a special place in his heart as both the hero and the civilian. That had crushed her too. Not at first, but in retrospect. 
A little-known fact about Marinette is that when she got over Adrian the next person she had a crush on was in fact not Luca. It was indeed her knight in shining leather. The only person who knew about that was Olia and she was a big fan of her friend being close to a hero of Paris. So when he said those words to her heart soared to the heavens. Yes, she knew they couldn't be together because of his job and the controversy that might follow her if the masses found out but that simple gesture was enough for her at the time. She really thought her feelings were returned. Fast forward to just the last week when she found out that Chatnor was Adrian who was overly affectionate with her but inky platonically. It was quite the slap in the face to realize that when he said that, he meant as a friend. Imagine being friend-zoned by the same person, twice. She shook herself out of her gloomy thoughts and looked at her tea. The water was turning a nice shade of brown that reminded her of dandelion root tea. Maybe that's what it was. She wondered if only one bag, although large, would be enough. Erring on the side of caution she decided to use the other bag she crushed, thankfully with the same label, and dropped it in the water. She quickly made her way back to her room, locked the door behind her. She looked around for Tiki, finding her asleep in a drawer filled with scraps of cloth. Then dropped into her workstation and began practicing. It was maybe ten, fifteen minutes later when her first signs of sleepiness came forth. To combat it, she decided to chug half the contents of the large mug. It had been steeping all this time and was bitter, tasted nothing at all like dandelion root and was still rather hot. The effects were instantaneous. She felt revitalized as the warmth spread through her body. But after a few seconds, she realized the warmth was different. Her skin felt warm and her clothes unbearable. With that thought, she quickly undressed and redressed into her pajamas. It was still too hot. Next, she flung open one of the large windows. The cool air did little for her burning skin. Her head spun slightly and she reached for her mug to take a small sip, still not associating what she was experiencing with the tea. She stumbled to her bathroom and fumbled with the tap. She splashed water on her face. It did nothing. She looked up at the mirror and realized several things. She was panting slightly, her pupils were blown wide, her skin flushed and that she knew the taste lingering on her tongue. Yarrow. The incredibly strong tea was in fact, yarrow. She guessed that she had a few seconds of restraint before the worst side effect happened. Her last in-control action was to take her hair out of the suddenly too tight pigtails and force her body to bed. Then her body relaxed. Chat found her sometime later on the aerial silks practicing drops. He vaulted into her open window. Hey, princess, I've come for my goodnight kiss. You have? You wouldn't need it if you had stayed in bed, like a good kitty. She said as she dismounted. Her hands began to tie the cloth above her head into a loop. But this kitty had a patrol. Although you were injured. Your knight has to live up to his title, princess, he said, pushing both his hands through the loop and hanging over her. Just like she expected. My knight. She grabbed the tail of the silk and rapidly pulled it taut, trapping his wrists and pulling it above his head. Has been a naughty kitty. 
Chatnoir struggled against it trying to release himself. But Marinette, fully rational or not, did little by halves. Only she could unto him. And naughty kitties must be punished her voice took on a lilting quality to it. Marinette, I dash. She stepped up to him and gilded her hands up his body. One was passing teasingly over his torso while the other cupped his face. Stop struggling. You'll rip it and I'll have to get a new one. I'll have to tell your father that a stray naughty kitty couldn't control his claws and destroyed it. He stopped struggling, panting from the effort. She stepped back from him smiling. She picked up her tea and took another drink. She was addicted, Yarrow was the catnip of ladybugs after all. Chat Noir eyes the mug and finally understands what was happening. Fuck. I'm fucked. Nah, you'll enjoy it too much. He sputtered. She felt him tense as she wrapped her arms around his neck, then her legs around his waist. She sighed into his ear at the contact. She felt him twitch beneath her. Her tongue slipped past her lips to trace the shell of his ear. And this is your punishment. She began nibbling on his ear, across his chin. She hovered over his lips. She inched closer and right before they touched she pulled back. He tried to follow her lips but she pulled back even further laughing. She ducked down beneath his chin and attacked his neck. It was dissimilar to his earlier actions with her. But her intentions weren't as pure as his. She nipped and sucked on the skin that was available to her. She tugged on the bell seeing more skin for her mouth. I wonder if I were to leave a mark here, what would you do? She mused as she licked a stripe up his delectable throat. Marinette, please. Do it? He grunted a reply. She climbed off him, her mouth still playing on the jut of his clavicle. He moaned as she climbed away. She tugged the zipper lower, past his navel, and traced the path with her tongue. Should I go lower? Princess? She peeled the suit away from his skin as far as she could. Her hands touched and teased anywhere it found purchase. On her knees, she pressed her face to his thigh, right next to his formidable bulge. He exhaled harshly and slightly bucked forward. You know, I always dreamt of doing this. She stroked a finger up and down its length languidly. His breath was labored, he was flushed and he kept squirming as if to encourage her to do more. Sometimes it was with Adrian or Chat or both. Who would have imagined they were the same? She sighed, palming him fully through the leader. I wouldn't have to do this if you would just take charge of me, she kissed the tip after squeezing his bulge slightly. I would have preferred to be the one tied up instead, she murmured before she stared up into his eyes and she licked him through the leather, from tip to stomach. S stopped teasing Emmy he stuttered out bucking wildly and struggling against his binds. Why? The naughty kitty has been teasing me for almost two weeks without any intention of acting on it and when I do it he can't take it. Marinette, princess, please let me touch you he begged. I'll think about it. She hummed sliding back up his body. She paused to pay homage to his neck, an action he really appreciated. Then she came to his lips. Kiss me like you mean it. And he did. 
it was a flurry of tongue and lips. Teeth clashed at first before finding a rhythm that suited them. Their tongues twirled and fought for dominance against each other. Usually, she would yield, but she remembered that this was his punishment and continued to fight. She kissed him like it was the last time she would. She poured everything into him. All the frustration, all the love, all the need, she took that as the motivation to continue. Stealthy, the hands behind his head took hold of the fabric. With a gentle pull, she released him and pulled away. She evaded his efforts to pull her back to him. She made it all the way to the bed and settled against the plush pillows, taking the time to place one between her thighs and squeeze it to her. Good night, chat. He was at a loss for what had just transpired. Princess? Your father is taking me to the company early tomorrow. That means you have to come with. Can't have your father asking why you're so tired when as far as he knows you have been sleeping since afternoon. She watched him trudge out her room to the window. He looked back several times hoping that she would change her mind. He made a frustrated sound when he realized she wouldn't change her mind. He bit his still-kissed swollen lips before he jumped out her window. Sweet dreams, princess. Chapter 9, Olya's Advice The feeling of furious tapping on her face was what woke Marinette up. She groaned and tried to bury herself deeper into the bed. She really didn't want to face the day or Adrian. Contrary to what one would believe, she wouldn't wake up and have a blissful moment where she did not remember the events of the previous night. No, the moment she gained consciousness she remembered. Marinette, what happened? What did you do? She flipped over on the bed to try and ignore the tiny god. She was reeling from her bold actions with Adrian. She felt her eye dragged open, forcing it to focus on the red floating Kwame. There was no reason to pretend to be sleeping anymore. She sat up, rubbed her eyes, and made her way to the mug that held all her problems. Something stupid, she finally answered. She grabbed it and went off to the kitchen to dump its contents. She thoroughly rinsed it. She didn't want any of the taste to be left back in case it was enough to trigger a reaction. It was early enough for everyone else to be still asleep. So, she didn't have to run back into her room to avoid Adrian. He shouldn't be up yet. Back in her room, she decided to forego her exercise and ran straight to the shower for a nice long bath. She sometimes had her best reasonings while she soaked in water. And after almost an hour of being in the water, she had only one thought. She needed to call Olya. With that thought in mind, she quickly got dressed in her expansive closet. She threw on a high-waisted green swing skirt reaching above her knees and a black sleeveless turtleneck. She sat by her vanity and rolled on her unprofessional black thigh-high socks before calling Olya. Girl, this better be good Olya said groggily as she answered her phone. Marinette could tell her call had woken her up. I kind of sort of kissed Chatnoir last night. She said looking away, a blush staining her cheeks. She looked back at her friend and took in her reaction. Whatever vestiges of sleep Olya still had, was clearly gone at her admission. I had a yarrow incident. 
Olya knew fully well what a Yarrow incident entailed after a sleepover with a very graphic confession of what happened during it. Spill. Well, I accidentally made and drank some tea made from it. Then Chat came to check on me while he was on patrol. I somehow tied him up in my aerial silk dash. You tied him up. The guy with the power to destroy and the extremely sharp claws, you tied him up and he didn't easily break away. Are you sure this isn't a dream? I might have threatened him. Murray. It was the tea. She then started to fill her friend in on everything that transpired after restraining him. Details that might have inferred his identity were obviously left out, but no detail was spared. After her tell-all, Olya was more than shocked. I thought you said you kissed him. I did. After you almost sucked his dick. She shot Olya a frigid glare through the screen. So, you finally took what you wanted from him. All it took was your strange allergy and opportunity. And from what you said, he sure liked it. Huh? Girl, if he really wanted to, he would have broken out. But I threatened him. Sure. She said, rolling her eyes. Anyway, I think you should do that with Adrian. You know, be direct. Maybe confess. You know I can't. Adrian has and will always see me as just his good friend. Nothing I'll say will change that. And if I confess, everything will be weird between us. I can't have that change, Oles. Olya seemed to run it through her head. In the meantime, Marinette re-entered her closet and pulled out her pair of ankle boots. She was walking next to Mr. Agress today in his company. She wanted to stand tall next to him. Why not have an all-I-ask moment with him? All-I-ask. Luca had done a cover of that song for her when they broke up. It actually started to bring attention to his music career. But the song. The moment wasn't as sad as the one in the song for them, but it would carry all the meaning if she were to have a moment like that with Adrian. It would just solidify in her mind that they will always just be friends. Finally get him out of your system seeing that you don't want to change the status quo. Marinette opened her mouth to give off some retort to decline that what she said could ever be a possibility before Olya cut her off. Think about it. So, I have been doing some digging into our missing ex-girlfriend and I found something. Olya smoothly changed the topic with practice ease. She most likely knew that she couldn't push Marinette into a decision. At the end of the day, Marinette needed to make her own decisions and live with the consequences. By changing the topic, she was signalling that she would not further press the issue. Go on. It would seem that she has been doing things with Nathaniel since before Adrian. Also dash. A call for Olya was heard in the background. Olya huffed and said a quick goodbye with the promise of calling her back later. With the call hung up she was left with her thoughts. Could she really have that with Adrian? A moment that would solidify that her years of pining for him, both sides of him, have led to nothing but the platonic relationship they now shared. Those were thoughts for later. Now she would revel in the affection he freely gave and pretend like the events of the previous night never happened. She strode confidently to her door, 
threw it open and made her way down the hall to his. She raised her hand to rap against the door when it was opened, Adrian stood there in all his glory, black suede leather oxfords, acid-washed ripped jeans, white t-shirt, and a black jacket with a popped collar. Just peeking out his tea, Marinette could make out what looked like a bruise and her face heated up. Marinette. He said. She didn't have time to appreciate the way a blush diffused across his ten cheeks before she was pulled inside his room and pressed against the wall. His lips were on her, slow and deliberate. She couldn't help but compare it to the heated, needy, frustration-filled kisses they shared last night. He slowly but surely coaxed her lips to life against his own. There was a light warm feeling in her chest. Maybe he took her words last night to heart, to take charge of her. Maybe he liked her back. He pulled away from her but kept his forehead leant against hers. He was panting against her lips. Bonjour, princess he purred the R on princess. Marinette nodded. Words were escaping her heavy tongue. His eyes roved across her outfit, drinking it in. The uptick of one corner of his mouth showed his liking. One of his hands moved to her hair. He played with the strands, knuckles lightly brushing against her bare shoulder, causing shockwaves through her system. I like you with your hair down, but you're missing something. Stay there. He pushed off the wall and disappeared into his closet. He came back a short while later with a silver chain. He turned her around and she swept her hair to the side. He placed the necklace around her neck and she looked down at it. It was flat and circular, and etched into the cold metal was one word. Princess. I'm sorry I went out last night. I was just feeling cooped up here and I needed to escape. I got you this yesterday for being there for me and helping me since the accident. You're my good friend if not my closest, in and out of the mask. I shouldn't have worried you. She was glad her back was still facing him. Tears glittered in her eyes and cracks began to work their way across her heart. The kiss was an apology. That's why it was different. He felt bad about worrying his friend, he didn't return her feelings. Last night was nothing but his body responding to her touch. She straightened her back and spun on her toes pulling herself from the hand still on her shoulders. She plastered on an award-winning smile that would fool most. It's all right. Let's go have breakfast, she saw the confusion in his eyes. Of course, he wouldn't be fooled. Chapter 10 Marinette didn't consider herself a petty person. She had her moments, mind you, especially with specific people. Adrian wasn't one of those people that she could be petty with. Some may argue that her actions in the limo were petty. She saw it as necessary. His father was in the car after all and she was sandwiched between the two. So, when he reached for her hand to thread his fingers through hers like he likes to, her deftly moving the said hand to her lap was not being petty for earlier. So, when he tried to start a conversation with her that would mostly be teasing and compliments, she pressed Natalie in the front seat about how she organises her stuff. And when they arrived at the Haute Couture fashion house Adrian got out and offered to help her, she chose to do it herself. Not because she was still feeling prickly about this morning, it was because his father was right there, 
and she feared that if Adrian were to hold her hand. Bottom line, she wasn't being petty. Natalie escorted them through the building all the way to his office on the top floor. Once there Mr. Agrest informed them on what they were to do there. Adrian you will take Marinette down to meet Lucille. Then you will go to a fitting room to prepare for the upcoming fashion show. They were then dismissed as he turned to some paperwork. The way down to the designing floor was long and awkward. Silence prevailed in the gilded elevator. She made a concerted effort to look everywhere except at the blonde next to her. Olya's words rang through her head. Was it really time for her to move on? The concept wasn't foreign to her. Obviously, she had done it before. She was blissful with Luca and not once did she think of Adrian like anything but a friend. A nagging part of her said that it had a lot to do with him also being in a relationship around the same time, but that was semantics. So lost in her world she jumped when Adrian lightly touched her shoulder. That's when she noticed that she noticed that the elevator doors had opened. She shot him a timid smile not saying anything while following him to her destination. He sort of gave her a tour of the floor with the promise that she'd love it there. The floor was filled with designers and their ideas. The fabric was haphazardly strewn over the place sometimes accompanied by mannequin busts at the centre of the floor. Gabriel, the company, had evolved over the years from being just Mr. Agrest's designs and clothing to absorbing other smaller designers and attaching them to the brand. There were ten stations all lining around the room. Large open spaces with people bustling in and out. It was her dream to be in an environment just like this, but it was hard to take it in with all the gawking. Marinette guessed it was because of the details of their presence. Mr. Agrest had been a recluse since his wife died and he preferred to work at home. Then roughly two years ago he just left the manor and returned to his office, once a month that is. However, he had already been to the company for a month and no one was expecting him to come, especially with his son and his friend. They may be wondering why she was there. They stopped by a green-haired man talking rapidly with a woman about clothes. He was about the same height as Adrian, meaning he towered over her by almost a foot. He had soulful grey eyes and long blonde hair tied back in a ponytail. He wore a simple white shirt with a popped-up collar and rolled-up sleeves showing off his strong forearms, a suit vest, and tight pants. The hand he was using to point at the paper in the other woman's hand had on a fingerless glove. Wouldn't organza work better than Georgette for that design, she said, eyeing his mini-skirt design. It was part of a bigger design to accent the top which was a magnificent piece of embroidery and lace that radiated a soft yet punishing sex appeal. But organza would be too flowy and would not be able to withstand any heavy hand embroidery that I plan to do. Then keep your Georgette on top and then do your ruffled layers in organza. You'll still have that sheer look that you're going for and it won't need a cancan to hold it up. He gave her an appreciative look from the corner of his eye while he thought it over. He quickly scribbled something on a piece of paper and handed it off to the lady he was speaking to. Adrian, now who is this cutie? She blushed at his words, slightly preening by his compliment. Lucien, this is my friend Marinette Dupain Cheng. Marinette, Lucien Ansiel, the youngest designer with Gabriel. Ansiel? 
was he somehow related to her friend Mark? They had similar looks except his eyes were silver to Mark's jade green and his hair wasn't as messy. Just friend. Does that mean this delectable girl is single, he asked with a sinful smirk, grabbing her chin in his gloved hands. His eyes slid leisurely across her rapidly heated face as if he were slowly drinking her in. That was until Adrian slightly pulled her back with a smile too tight around the edges and eyes without its usual glow. Lucian just chuckled at this. Relax Adrian. I've just met her, although from what my cousin says, she's just wonderful, and she's Gabriel's little protégé. I don't want him to think I'm distracting her. Protégé? I think you're confused. I'm just an intern. He chuckled at her correction, as if he knew something that she didn't. Adrian you can leave her here with me, we're just going to have some fun. Right Marinette? She nodded enthusiastically, already feeling the room get to her. She tossed a quick reassuring smile at Adrian's direction and he returned a small one to her before heading to the elevator with hesitation. She spent the next two hours with him. Lucian was funny and flirtatious and so easy to get along with. He explained to her that she really wasn't an intern, at least not in the traditional sense. Interns were usually with the semstresses and the tailors, the fabric makers or just getting coffees for the designers, not learning haute couture sewing tips and techniques from the master himself. She was even assisting him in creating that skirt design she advised on earlier. It would have continued like that if it weren't for the Akuma. Yes, Hawkmoth disappeared roughly two years ago. However, acumatizations still occurred. Without Hawkmoth to control them, they were free to fulfill their desires without having to first get the miraculous. This made them more dangerous. Today's Akuma was lie detector. Lame name, but still powerful. His power was finding liars and bringing them to himself for punishment with the paper in his hand. His target was Lila Rossi who was actually in the Gabrielle building. While everyone was in a panic Marinette snuck out and transformed meeting up with Chatnoir on the roof. Within 20 minutes the battle was done. Miraculous Ladybug As the ladybugs faded away, Ladybug made her way to the man on the ground. He was older than her and scruffy looking. Call the police, I deserve it. Hey, you're overreacting. You can't help that you were acumatized. You just need to learn to control your negative emotions. Whatever you did that caused you to want to attack Lila is not worth it she said as she rubbed his back. Chat Noir stared at him with something close to vague recognition. It is. And she should go to jail too. After all, he gave a sarcastic smile, she's the one that paid me to attack Adrian Agreste. 